0: Well, the one letter was sent to the governor, and so presumably expectation is the governor would respond. Another letter was sent to the head of the UNC system, Margaret Spellings. Uh, Presumably she would be asked to respond as well. But the main person that the first letter was sent to was Governor McCrory. Now, he had the option to veto or, or sign. He signed it. At this stage, though, once it's passed, what are his elective options? What, yeah. what does he do? I mean, what, what would happen? There's various things that could come. Suppose the governor agreed with the Justice Department's letter that, that North Carolina is out of compliance. One thing he could say is, I will not enforce this particular aspect of HB2. And that's also what the letter sent to Margaret Spellings, the head of the UNC system, said, we want your assurance that you won't be enforcing this part of HB2 in this regard. So, HB 2, wide-ranging law, some of which is unaffected by these Justice Department letters, the part about minimum wage, the part about suing for discrimination in state court. But in this particular respect, that is, the ability of public workers to use restrooms and locker rooms corresponding with their gender identity, and the ability of students in schools receiving federal funds to use restrooms corresponding to their gender identity, those provisions could presumably not be enforced. Uh, Remind listeners why the Justice Department
1: is focusing on the first part of HB2, the so-called bathroom bill portion of the broader uh, bill. It states that a person must use the bathroom that corresponds with his or her uh, biological sex.
0: Right. Uh, The Justice Department says there's two concerns they have about that particular part of the law. One is is that they say the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has said that public workers must be able to use restrooms, locker rooms, corresponding to their gender identity. So someone working for the UNC system or working for a state agency is, by HB2, is not being allowed to be enjoying their rights. Second part of the HB2 that's a concern is, insofar as it says students attending schools, UNC system or other schools receiving federal funds, insofar as students are not allowed to use restrooms or locker rooms corresponding with their gender identity, that's a problem the Justice Department said.
1: At the federal level then, uh, what's the range of options that the Justice
0: Department uh, is considering to address this,
1: this situation?
0: Well, federal agencies have multiple tools. One tool is to go to court and to seek an injunction, to seek a declaration, and require a local a state official to cease enforcing a law. The other option though is, and this is particularly applies to Title IX of the education amendments, is the federal government can threaten to cut off federal funding. That's a very much a last resort almost never to never actually used, but it is a big tool to certainly bring the sides to discussion, to bargaining, to sometimes acquiescence.
1: In that worst case scenario, what would some of those impacts be and would they be felt immediately?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a last resort that we actually haven't even gotten to a point of actually how would that actually work in a Title IX cutoff. That is, these, th- these letters come rather regularly. They've come to a number of schools in terms of how they handle sexual assault cases and the letter will say, if we find you'd be in violation, we could cut off some or all of your federal funding. But we never get to the point where we actually know what that would mean, what what, what funds would be cut off. Presumably all of them could be cut off. Any federal funding that an institution is receiving could be cut off. But it's such a last resort and so doesn't happen that we don't actually see what that means in practice. What is the time frame for this? Well, the particular time frame is the Justice Department says we want an answer within several days. The start of next week, we want to hear things. One of the last times at the the Justice Department issued a similar letter was to a Chicago area school district in Palatine, Illinois. And they said, we're requiring you to provide this accommodation for a transgender student in regard to locker room access. And that letter came down. A month later, the Justice Department and the school district reached an agreement, a settlement that generally acquiesced to the Justice Department, not in all respects. That took about a month or so to work that out. So oftentimes, a letter of this kind is the first stage, the first step in further discussions.